Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bible with you, if you want to turn with me uh, to John's Gospel, and uh, we're going to pick up a narrative today in the 20th chapter uh, 20, John's Gospel, chapter 20, and we are continuing the series today, Face to Face. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump straight in today because I've got a long way to go, as they say, in a short time to get there. So I'm not going to waste any time on, on uh, frivolity this morning. I'm going to just jump right in, straight, straight in. We are continuing this Face to Face series today. And I, I felt prompted of the Spirit to encourage you with these words and these, these encounters that these are face-to-face encounters that Jesus had with his followers after his resurrection because I, I wanted just to point out to you and remind you that even though Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, what was finished there in that moment was his redemptive plan for mankind, not his, not his willingness or his availability or his power or his presence to show up in your life and mine in a very real encounter with a resurrected Lord and, and bring about and, and execute all manner of miracle in our lives. And uh, he, he wants you and I, I believe, that the Lord wants you and I to encounter his power today. Today. And last week we found Jesus in a face-to-face interaction. And in there he was igniting passion in the heart of the despondent. In other words, people who were disappointed by life, people who'd been, who'd been beaten down and just trodden on in this life. And um, he he. he encountered them there and he he spoke to them and his words ignited a fire on the inside of them and we're just so thankful uh to see that in the lives of these people so and and so this week we're going to find jesus calming the hearts of the anxious in like manner as he did those who were despondent last week last week he Uh, ignited passion in the despondent this week we're going to see Jesus calming the hearts of the anxious and as I as I venture into this today I want to I want I want you to understand that I know that this is a sensitive subject this is a sensitive subject and it's not anything that I'm taking lightly so if you're here today and you struggle with this issue I want you to understand that I'm speaking to you as graciously as I can but also, uh, I'm not assuming to understand your particular struggle. I'm just, I just want to simply introduce you to a different pattern of truth than what's offered by this world. Because the truth of this world will only lead you again to bondage. But the truth of the word will lead you to liberty in the spirit. Amen? So I, I want to challenge you with this today. And I do tread graciously today. But I also tread boldly in truth. Because the truth is that if you and I are going to be the peculiar people that are trademarked as those who have been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light of Christ, then we're going to have to treat the truth a little bit differently than the world around us. We're going to have to interact with truth at a little bolder manner than the rest of the world. We're going to have to step and move in truth in a different cadence than the rest of the world around us. 
And as, as a matter of fact, around this subject, I, I may actually circle back. I feel a little tug in my spirit that I may need to circle back for an entire series on the subject matter because it is, uh, has become almost pandemic in nature in our society today. And I, I just, I want to I wanna just really rest on this for a minute here this morning. You know, the news is in. The headlines are out. And in, a, in an article in Dece- on December 21st in 2022, the American Psychiatric Association released this article about people's anticipation of this year that we're living in. And in this article, the headline reads, Americans anticipate higher stress at the start of 2023 and grade their mental health worse. More than one in four, 26% reported that they anticipated experiencing more stress at the start of 2023. They anticipated. They anticipated. And I, I just really want you to, I just really want you to just rest on that word for a minute in relation to what we are encouraged in the church all the time to wait on the Lord, to expect from the Lord, to look to the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. But yet 26% of Americans, it says, are anticipating more stress in 2023. In other words, they were worried about more things to worry about in the coming year, and the year hadn't even started yet. Can I I just tell you today, I'm not a counselor, but I want to help you to be able to appropriately identify things in your life and know how to deal with those realities according to kingdom principle. Not, Not according to psychological counsel, not according to the commercial that you saw on TV last night, but according to thus says the Lord and 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 the truth of God's word that'll set you free and usher liberty into your life. Listen, fear, fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotion and it's rooted largely in reality. I mean, there are realities in this life that cause fear and, and fear says that there is a viable threat in front of me. And the emotion of fear calls for a response and that response usually is fight or flight. As a matter of fact, there are some of you today who are alive because you have been afraid. You, you assessed a situation and said, nope, I don't think that it's safe to proceed. I'm going to back away. That's good. That's good. But just like these people in this survey, there are a lot of us who approach situations and we see viable threats and realities in front of us. And rather than just saying, you know what, I'm just going to duke this out. I think that the end game is worth the investment or the hazard or the peril that I'm going to have to go through to get there. And we make that estimated, we make that estimated push or we look at it and say, yeah, no, it's not worth the risk. I'm going to stay over here on the safe side. That's good. God God designed that in us. 
God gave us that sensibility, but in all things, the adversary wants to get in the middle of it, and he wants to take what God created that was good and turn it into something that's unhealthy and not good. I mean, the same is true of sexual impulses. The same is true of any other faculty that we have in our being. There's a good part of it, and then there's a fallen and corrupted part of it. And the fallen and corrupted part of our fear is anxiety. When we look on at situations and all of a sudden our minds go into overdrive and our imaginations run wild and we can think of the most exponential worst case scenario that anybody could ever dream of, sometimes even irrationally. Like we can look on at situations and we can come up with scenarios for ourselves that don't make sense in this life or any other life. I mean, if you've ever been there, we, we look at things and we just like, fear's not altogether a bad thing, but fear is an, in an unhealthy world gives way to anxiety and anxiety takes the reality of what is and turns the imagination loose sometimes to the degree that what was a fear once rooted in reality becomes completely irrational. Now a heart and mind informed by reality becomes ruled by the terror of one's ability to imagine the worst case scenario. And when, when participants were asked, when these participants were asked what they thought might generate these anxieties in the coming year, they replied with these things. Listen, personal finances, the uncertainty of 2023. How about the uncertainty of tomorrow? I mean... I mean, don't we live with that as a reality? Like, who knows what tomorrow holds, right? Physical health, mental health. In other words, they're worried about the things that they might be worried about. Relationships with friends and family, job security, romantic relationships. And I'm sure as I've read these, there are many, many more that you can think of that maybe come to mind that you may be dealing with. And as if you and I don't have enough in our own lives to deal with, now the entire world is at our fingertips. The the entire world is at our fingertips. And by the end of the day, we've been able to walk with multitudes of people through some of life's deepest tragedies as they're chronicled on our timelines for us. So now you're worried about your household, you're worried about their household, you're worried about things of people that you're like, the the point, degrees of separation between you and some of the people now that you have opportunity to worry about their lives is so great that that if we lived 50 years ago, if we lived 100 years ago, you wouldn't even have been aware of these situations. But now all of a sudden they're they're flooding into your life. They're flooding into your life and, and... you, you see every relationship split, every poor diagnosis and every hard trial. There are constant alerts informing us of who got shot or whatever natural disaster just occurred in some place that we've never heard of. And on an international scale, we learn constantly of, of what acts of aggression are taking place all over the world. And, and just it's on and on and on and it's constant. Do you, do you realize that we live in a world where most people will process the amount, most people will process more information in a week than previous generations would in a year or more. So it's all the more important in this generation 
for you and I to guard our hearts. To guard our hearts and moreover to guard our minds. To put on the helmet of salvation and guard our minds. The truth of the matter is here that human beings were never designed to ingest as much information as we do on a daily basis. Here, I want to read you this article from from Iron Mountain Daily News. Oddly enough, it was just published this past week, and it says, Today, the amount of information available to our senses, thanks to the easy and continuous availability of news, has put our bodies and minds on constant alert. We are at risk of damaging our physical, emotional, and mental health by repeated activation of a stress response which unleashes too much cortisol into our bloodstream, creating the potential for a host of medical issues. These include anxiety and depression, headaches, high blood pressure, heart disease, memory and concentration issues, digestive problems, sleep difficulties, and weight gains. At the very least, too much news consumption can affect our mood and daily functioning. The great, the great and constant danger in the rhythm of our generation may be like no other generation before, and the effect is often anxious life that keeps us tucked away from the fulfillment of who God has called us and ordained us to be. I want to introduce you to a group of people today who, like us, were surrounded by a lot of noise. They were surrounded by a lot of noise, and yes, they had, and I I don't want to paint a, a skewed picture for you, there are a lot of opportunities in your life for things to go wrong. There are a lot of opportunities for things in life to go wrong. There's a lot of opportunity this week for you to be disappointed. There's a lot of opportunity for you to meet grave realities for which you weren't really emotionally or mentally prepared things you weren't expecting things that you know call us to places where we consider the fairness of this life and here are these people this group of people they they had so many opportunities for things to go wrong and as a result and i believe we can see it in this generation too as a result they have willfully imprisoned themselves in a chamber of anxiety caused by the uncertainty of their future based on the circumstances they were facing in life. Here in the text, though, we're going to find Jesus yet in another face-to-face encounter as he shows up and he calms the hearts of these anxious people. And we read in John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, beginning in verse 19. And it says, The same day at evening... Being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. As I often do, I want to invite you to highlight a few passages, a few phrases out of this scripture. First of all is that it's in the same day. In what day, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. It's in the same day that Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene at the garden tomb. It's the same day that Jesus was revealing to his followers that he indeed had triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. That the penalty for their sin was paid and the assurance of it was full in his resurrection. 
It's a day that should be very affirming for their faith. Can I tell you today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to understand what you're going through, although I do care what you're going through. It is irrelevant to the conversation to understand today that today can be a day of great faith for you. Today can be a great day for your faith to be stirred and your spirit to be lifted as you encounter the resurrected Christ. This should have been a day that was very affirming for their faith. And I want to welcome you today not to set simply in a posture of, I've heard it all before, and this is the way it is, and I've just been this way. No, I want you to open your heart today to the word of the Lord. I want you to open your mind today to the possibility of having the prison doors opened up and being set free in Jesus' name. But the disciples are gathered all into one place and another phrase is, the doors are shut. The doors are shut. When I was reading this, I couldn't help but think about Jesus' teaching that says no man lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Here they are, and Jesus has said to them, you're the light of the world. They say, how nice, shut the door. (laughs) Jesus said, greater things than I do, you will do. They said, cool, shut the door. Because our adversaries are out there, shut the door. Jesus said, you're going to take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt you. They said, great, shut the door. Jesus said, which one of you by worrying can add one single to to a single moment to his life? They said, who cares? Shut the door. And sometimes, church, I believe we look on at the promises of God, all the promises of God which in Christ Jesus are yes and in him amen, but we survey the circumstances around us and we, like the disciples, say, look, this is inconsequential right now. Shut the door. Just shut the door. Let me, let me hide here. Let me, let me cower in the serenity of this place. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go out. I don't want to face that. I'm just going to sit here in, in my crucible of pain and, and just, just let my imagination run wild. Do you ever find yourself paralyzed by anxious thoughts of uncertainty that you can't so much so that you can't enjoy the fullness of what you know to be God's truth over your life? The uncertainty of how society, a society of people might receive them had had these people shook. But Jesus stood in the middle of them and in the middle of the storm of emotion and uncertainty and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And I, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking over this body and all of our locations and in the homes of those who are joining online. And today the Spirit of the Lord is declaring, peace be with you. And, and the question today, is, I want you to understand this, the, the question today is not whether or not peace is available. I believe the question that many of us need to grapple with in this moment is, will we be satisfied with the peace that he gives? 
Because the peace that he gives is not according to the peace of the world, but it's according to the peace of the kingdom. And the peace that he gives isn't always like the peace that we're expecting or what we're anticipating. But the question is, will we be satisfied with the peace that he gives? Because sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms the heart of his child in the midst of the storm. And we've got to be ready to receive from the Spirit of the Lord, whatever it is. Verse 20 continues and it says, and, and when he had said this, he showed, oh God. Mm. And when he said this, said what? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Because there's some of you right now, maybe in this place, you're doubtful of the authority of God's Spirit to issue and usher in the peace in your life that you so desperately desire and long for. But here, Jesus is going to show his creds right here. It says in verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Here they are bound by their anxieties about the future. And Jesus shows up and speaks peace over their lives. And then he validates his ability to offer peace by showing them the nail prints in his hands and the scar in his side proof for them that he indeed was crucified and has also been raised back to life again. So here's what Jesus was saying in this moment. Yes, there's a so, 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 guys. I understand that there's an ordinance against being my follower. And you're worried that the local authorities are going to get involved and enforce this ordinance against my followers. Well, here's the deal. I have taken the handwriting of the ordinances that were against you and wiped them away, nailing them to the cross. I have triumphed over principality and power and all things contrary to you. I have, as promised, overcome this problematic world. The chastisement of your peace was upon me, and I have every right to declare peace over your anxious thoughts. We continue in verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Here we go. You ready? As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now we want to spiritualize that, but I want to put this in some 2023. Man, that's hard. I want to put this in some 2023 vernacular for you. Look, this isn't what you were called to do. Nobody directed you to come sit in this space and cower down in fear. You've, not, you've been called to go out in the anointing and power of the Spirit and minister in boldness and, and have a full life and an abundant life. This isn't what I called you to do. In the same way that the Father sent me, I have sent you. Now peace be to you. In other words, you've got peace in the circumstance. Get up, live life, enjoy the fullness of what I've provided for you. Here, here they are. Here they are. And, and, and when he had said this, he breathed on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. 
Again, Jesus says to them, peace to you. And he says, listen, don't be afraid to live the life that I've called you to live. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And the word says now, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and says, now the Lord is that, is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus came into that place where they were and he breathed on them the spirit of life and he breathed on them the spirit of God. And in that breath was liberty. It's reported in a CBS article titled The Odd Truth regarding a man from Latvia who was serving a seven-year sentence for burglary. And, you know, as I'm telling you this story, a lot of it sounds really foolish. And I understand that, and I know there are a lot of... So just stick with me here on the illustration, okay? Because I don't understand why a man who had served all but 10 months of a seven-year sentence would all of a sudden have a hankering to break out. But nonetheless, this man had served all but 10 months of a seven-year sentence for burglary. And with 10 months remaining on his sentence, he escaped from the prison. This man went out into the world, got a job, found a place to live, was, was living life, had been out for Five years. Five years when one day the Latvian prison guard found this guy standing on the doorstep of the prison, knocking on the door, saying, would you let me back in? After five years and the threat that his sentence would be extended for another three years. So he's got a remaining ten months Three more years penalty for escaping. And, and he's there knocking on the door saying, would you let me back in? And the reason he wanted to be let back in is because he found that it was easier just to serve the prison sentence than it was to live with the stress and the anxiety of possibly being caught. He said, just let, I'll just do the extra three years. I don't care about it anymore. I'd rather, I'd rather live in prison than to live looking over my shoulder. Oh, it's better than you know. Because the choice is ours. In this moment right now, the choice is ours. And the truth of the matter is that too often are the times that we go back and we knock at the doors of the prison saying, look, based on the uncertainties I'm facing in my life, would you just, this life of faith calls for boldness. This life of faith calls for courage. This, this, this life of faith sometimes feels like stepping out onto nothing. And rather than do that, I'd rather hide in the sanctuary of the known, even if it becomes my prison. Let me back in. Just, just let me back in. I, I don't want to be out. There's, there's a, the fear. I've got a fear of being found out. I've got a fear of being caught. And you say, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. What about this? Do, do you believe, are you saying there aren't legitimate imbalances and disorders with which people suffer? I do believe that there are such cases. I do believe that there are such cases. But here's something else I also believe. I also believe that we have so normalized some things in our society that we don't think twice about it. And the adversary slides in and he begins to leverage those things against us spiritually. And, and I believe that a lot of the imbalances suffered by many 
is an imbalance between the amount of information we're consuming from the world and the amount of God's truth that we're taking in or not taking in. I believe, I believe the imbalance is this way. If I were representing a scale, we've got all of the information from the world that we keep ingesting and ingesting and ingesting and taking in and taking in and taking in so far that it so outweighs the truth of God in our lives. That's the imbalance for a lot of us. That's the imbalance that a lot of us suffer through and suffer with is that we've listened too much to the noise of the world and we've not countered that with the truth of God's word. I, I, believe, that the, I believe that the disorder from which most of us suffer is that we live under the lordship of our emotion rather than the lordship of Jesus Christ. Here, here in, we, we put the way we feel about things ahead of God. We put the opinion of others before God. We put the societal norms above God. But the word says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to what? To obedience to Christ. In other words, I'm not going to be ruled by my fear anymore. I'm not going to be ruled by anxious thought anymore. I'm not going to be ruled by my imagination that runs all over the place anymore. I'm going to be ruled by Christ. And the word says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. The word says that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Can I tell you today that you don't have to be bound in the prison of anxiety? Can I tell you today that there is liberty in the name of Jesus? Can I tell you something? That if we will posture ourselves for the breath of God to breathe on us, we can receive a spirit of liberty in our lives. Can I, can I be really real with you today? I'm going to be, Okay. I believe there are a lot of people in this world, even in the church, who, who rather than waiting upon the Lord to have their strength renewed, have chosen appeal over the practice of renewing our minds in the Word as we're instructed. And the practice of taking vain imaginations captive through prayer and time in the presence of the Lord to the authority of the name of Jesus. I, I believe there's a lot of people in the world and even in the church who have chosen the prison of anxiety over the liberty that the Spirit offers. And it has become an excuse for everything that we don't want to do. It has become our pass on life. It has become our justification even for disobedience to the very will of God. And, and I know this isn't comfortable because all, all of the world just counsels us just to lean into it. We just, we just need to lean into it. It's okay. It's, a, it's all right. It's, just, it's the age we live in. Just lean into it. But can I tell you something? The principles of the kingdom are timeless. 
The word says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's there's never going to be a time when adversarial attack against your life needs to be normalized to the point that you accept it as the way it is and live in a prison. And, and I, I, wanna, I wanna just want to preface this to say I do know that there are a lot of people with real mental health challenges and I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I do know this. When I was a child, I, was, I know you cannot believe this. This is going to shock you to no end. But when I was a child, I was painfully shy. I mean, I, I'm that kid that if anybody said a word to me, I'm hiding behind my mama. I'm hiding behind my mama and I was was painfully shy but there came a point in my life when my mom and dad had told me son that's not cute anymore you're going to have to learn how to face this life look to the grace of God and overcome those fears we're not doing this anymore son grow up And nowadays, we have 30 years old hold up in their spare bedroom at their parents' house who can't hold a job, who can play video games all day long because nobody ever challenged them to grow up. Some doctor slapped a diagnosis on them, and now everybody in the world is afraid of being labeled insensitive if they challenge this person to grow up. Mom and daddy smile half ashamed, and they say, well, he just has so much anxiety. That's right, he's anxious about everything but eating their groceries and spending their money. If somebody would look him in the face and say, son, this isn't cute anymore, it's time for you to face the fears of, the li- of this life, spend some time before the throne of grace to find a help in the time of need and grow up in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to help those kids understand that they better be more afraid of going hungry than they are a hard day's work and maybe we'd get over some of this silliness. But we look on at, at such extreme cases with great disdain and we mock and we ridicule. But I want to tell you something. There are many people in the church and we've allowed it to become our source of validation for a lack of motivation. I know there are a lot of people who shy away from these topics because they feel that they lack the qualification to speak to the issues. And again, I'm, I'm not sharing with you today uh, as I'm sharing with you today, I've had to realize the anxiety of venturing into a topic knowing that the advice I'm about to give you is very different than what you've received in relation to your condition anyplace else in the world. I'm not board certified in anything, but I have an anointing and an ordination to preach the gospel. And this one thing I want to preach to you today, the word of the Lord says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And John says that who this son sets free will be free indeed. And here's the takeaway from this. If you listen closely to the voice of this world, you'll hear a message that suggests that you may just find a way to manage the anxiety, but you'll never be free from it. And here's why. Because the enemy knows that anybody that he can make afraid, he can control. 
2020, we saw all manner, and I'm just going to call it out, we saw all manner of fear-mongering in our society. People being motivated and driven, manipulated by fear. Manipulated by fear. Because everybody knows that if you can make somebody afraid, you can control them. You can manipulate them. And the enemy knows about your life that if he can make you afraid, he can make you sit down. He knows that if he can make you afraid, he can make you be quiet. He knows that if he can make you afraid, he can make you faithless. You will not take new territory. You will not advance the kingdom. You will not do anything but watch the world go by behind the bars of your prison that you have willfully selected for your own. You say, how do I know that? Well, because the word says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 Jesus comes Jesus comes to the earth and he goes to the synagogue and it's his it's his turn to read in the synagogue and they sit down and they hand him the scrolls and he opens it up to Isaiah 61 and he reads the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.